From Sales Loft Podcast, it's No Nonsense Sales with your tour guide through the alphabet wilderness of sales jargon, Tom Boston. Hello, thank you for getting involved with the podcast that alphabetically calls out all the sales nonsense and says, no, you know what? Enough is enough. Today we are on E, which in the world of sales nonsense stands for EOQ, an acronym for end of quarter. So if you're in sales, your year is split into four. I mean, I used to think that they were 12 months in a year, but I was wrong, so wrong. There are just four all-important quarters. Unless you count Q5, eh? Anyone? EOQ, a really surreal time for salespeople. These three little letters, they completely disrupt your whole life. Lateness, no-shows, pushbacks, all completely acceptable just because, well, it's EOQ. Hey, Tom, you know that meeting we had planned? Ah, I'm pushing it back. Sorry, it's EOQ. Hey, Tom, you know that? opportunity that you sent me. I can't work on it anymore. I'm sorry. It's EOQ. Tom, you know that um, new comedy sales B2B podcast about... I won't be listening to that. It's EOQ. I'm too busy. Sounds ridiculous, but there are salespeople listening to this now going, yeah, but you know, end of quarter, it's a different kettle of fish. Different kettle of fish. My guest today is my go-to guy for all things mental well-being and mindset. He's the founder of Sales Psyche, and he's on a mission to improve the mental well-being of your sales team. He's also one of my favorite people within the sales space because I know just how valuable his expertise are. And he joins me on the show today to give his take on how sellers can improve their mindset, not just at the end of the quarter, but in their daily lives. Here's how I got on talking EOQ with my good friend, Chris Hatfield. Why is mental well-being uh, so important when it comes to sales in particular? Yeah, well, I think um, it's it's the biggest tool we have. You know, I think as we see in in the way we're operating in sales, is more technologies being introduced and tools to help us sell more effectively. But the biggest tool that we have is our mind. And if our mind isn't in a healthy headspace or in a good space for ourselves first and foremost, and then for our roles and what we do then we're not going to be able to utilize anything else around us to the full potential. It influences our perception of the world, how we see everything. And within sales, because it is such a, a game of sort of variety and sort of different things happening on a daily basis, if we aren't able to control our mind and, and take care of it, then it will run riot and that will often be our, our downfall. You know, you probably, same as me, I've seen a lot of people over the years who've been very successful when things are going well but when things aren't that's when they find it really challenging and it's because they're not really thinking about how they're taking care of themselves we can get into that loop of i'm performing really well i'm hitting my numbers i'm hitting my targets so i don't need to worry about anything else well i think it's it's so easy to get really focused as a seller on things like targets right and if uh, if i'm hitting my targets then surely i'm i'm happy but i really want to pick up on what you said there about taking care of your 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 mind right like what what can a seller do to to make sure that they they are taking care of themselves mentally yeah i think there's a there's a few things i think i often use an analogy which is called the stress container so it's imagining everyone's got a different container and your container will grow over time as you become more resilient to things 
And when that container gets filled up to a sort of level 10 almost, sort of max level, this is where things like burnout and overwhelm can occur. So there's two things here. It's first of all, being mindful what's going into that stress container. And actually, it's a really healthy exercise and quite cathartic to write it down and go, what are all those things? And going, what are the things I can control and what are the things I can't control? And then secondly, what are the taps I'm using to relieve some of that pressure? Because stress alone doesn't cause burnout. It's not having the right kind of tap. So you'll often find if you've been having a, a tough month or quarter, as you mentioned earlier on, we're so focused on our target, we neglect all the things outside of work. But those things probably help us switch off. Those things are probably really healthy taps to help relieve some of that pressure. So I think it's really important to think about what's going in. And secondly, what are your taps and how are you proactively and reactively building them into your week and going, have I got them in there? Just like I'm, I've got enough time to allocate, to make calls, send emails, planning my week. How am I planning my my mental well-being around it? I love that. And I think that like for anyone listening who's maybe thinking, this sounds great. I want to be on top of all this kind of stuff. I understand that it's really important, but maybe I'm working in an environment where I don't feel that I have the ability to do that, right? People talk about this idea of a toxic work environment. Mm. So so what would you say to anyone who's listening, who's, who's thinking, look, this sounds great, but how can I do it when I've got targets to hit, KPIs, I've got someone breathing down my neck, you know, I've got, I've got, it's the end of quarter, uh, you know, all these kind of things. Um, what, what would your advice be to anyone in that kind of environment? Yeah, well, I think, first of all, it's thinking about, of course, again, coming to down to what you can and can't control is if you are in that kind of environment, you probably can't control a lot of that. And that doesn't mean you should accept it, but it's understanding and it's obviously making a decision. Is this something I want to accept? Because of course, toxic environments in the long run aren't healthy for you. So I'm not saying everyone here listening to this, go and quit your jobs, but I am saying, you know, have a reflection. Anyone listening to this who does run a company and, and is thinking about it is knowing the importance of it. But I think if it is something you can't control and you're actually like, I want to stick with this is still thinking, well, what can I do outside of work? What, how can I take control of it versus expecting my company to do so? So on the weekends and evenings, how do I really, how do I create those taps for myself um, when I'm not working to relieve some of that pressure? But I think when it comes to that environment, it is a really big, important question to ask yourself. And sometimes in sales, it can be a bit of a trap of, well, the, they pay so well, I don't want to leave. But of course, you've got to work out, well, you know, it's is that toxic environment really going to drain you and in a few years going to have a different impact on you? So yeah, I think take control of what you can and think about if you can't be doing it in work, how can you be doing it outside of it? Fantastic. Yeah, it's a great tip. And I think a lot of people listening will uh, will, will be like, look, I, I know that I can maybe do more outside of my work environment to make sure that I'm on top of all this kind of stuff. Now, uh, obviously, we're talking about EOQ. It's that kind of acronym, right? And I, I literally had a message this morning from someone saying, uh, I'm too busy. It's, it's end of quarter, right? So what is it about the end of quarter that sends sellers into this kind of frantic spin? You know, is, mm. it, is it the pressure or, uh, or what's, your, what's your take on that? It's a bit, it's, a, it's sort of looking at it like, and I don't know if you've heard the book, The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek, but he talks about two types of games in life, finite and infinite. And uh, a finite game is where there's a clear winner or loser, like a game of sport, and infinite is played for a, a bigger cause. But what we often do is we put a lot of our 
life into finite games. And end of quarter is a perfect example of this. We see it like this, this cliff that we're walking towards and we're either going to fly at the end of it or we're going to fall off of it. And if we fall off of it, there is no return, like we're, we're done for. And this can create that added pressure and that fear where you then stop doing all those positive things you've been doing for the first part of that quarter and sort of resort into an almost like primitive mindset where our sort of emotions take over. And we don't think rationally. We start thinking about, oh my God, what happens if I don't do this? What happens if I don't hit target? And then we stop doing all the things that are actually getting us there. You know, we stop, if it's like going on a bike ride and getting sort of, you know, three quarters of the way up and then going, oh my God, what happens if I don't hit the mountain? And then you stop going slower and start doubting yourself. Well, you've got this far. You've got to have faith in, in that kind of process. So I think that's one of the things that happens is you start thinking about these what ifs and I can share a bit around how to challenge that. And it's almost like a zero to 100 scenario because I think some companies will be like quite laid back, quite laid back and then bang, it's near end of quarter and then like, right, let's get on it. And of course, you know, we talked about toxic environments. It's important not to go too far the other way um, and not have any pressure at all. And this is one of the things I try and emphasize with what I do. I'm not saying remove stress or pressure. They're good things. You know, you mm. should have them in, in moderation rather than just going none, 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 and then bang. Right. And then everyone's like, well, where did this come from? And then again, it sort of makes people think, well, I'm going to change my whole approach. Well, I've, I'm smiling as you're speaking there because I've definitely sent an email towards the end of a quarter to a prospect that I would never have sent, you know, halfway through the quarter because of that pressure. Right. And maybe it's someone who said, no, I'm not interested or, or, or definitely not. But as you talked about, you know, I'm going towards that cliff. I can see myself going off the edge and I do things that I probably wouldn't have done uh, when I was much further away from the cliff. So that that definitely hit home with me. Um, but I wanted to uh, pick up on what you said there about these kind of what ifs, because that goes nicely into my next question, because I want to talk about if, if the listeners out there are, are wondering, look, I'm not on top of I'm not on top of this. Right. And I. I want to be able to do to do more. Um, what what can they be doing um, to make sure that they that they yeah not you know falling off that cliff along with me and uh, <laughs> and, and doing things that they wouldn't <laughs> normally do? Yeah, absolutely. I think really important here is is challenging your thinking. A lot of the time, we can get into this headspace of the first thought we have or every thought we have is the right thought, but that isn't true. You know, I could say like imagine a pink donkey with a dolphin on the back right now and. That isn't true, but you're thinking about it. And of course, when we get into this headspace, it's linked to something called confirmation bias, where our minds are a bit like a Google search engine. Anything you type in, it will come back with evidence. So if you type in, oh, the earth is flat, it's going to come back with all the evidence to go, hey, the earth's flat. And you go, oh my God, the earth's flat. It's a statement. If you type in, I'm not going to hit my target. I'm not going to hit my number for the quarter. This person's not going to want to speak to me. It's going to look for all the evidence to go, hey, do you remember last time you tried to reach out to this person? Or do you remember this time last year in the quarter, even though probably all the other quarters in between, you've still hit your target. So it's going to look for all the evidence. So an important thing is to, is to challenge your thinking and change statements into questions. So rather than going, I'm not going to hit my target, is how can I hit my target? Rather than this person isn't going to want to speak to me, how can I get through to this person? How can I stand out um, when engaging with them? And what that does, it, it, a bit like the Google search engine, it creates more possibilities from there. So that's one thing. And then when you are having these negative what-if thoughts, two questions to ask yourself. Where is the evidence that this thought is true? And what else could be true here? So imagine it's like a courtroom. Your brain's the prosecution. It's saying, look, this is all going to go wrong. This is going to happen. And you're there as the defense going, well, where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? I'm not going to hit my target. It's still two or three weeks left of the quarter. 
where's the evidence this person isn't going to speak to me? What else could be true here? Well, you might be thinking they're ignoring you. What else could be true? They're not ignoring me. Maybe they've got 101 other things going on. This is a very small fraction of what's important to them right now. That's okay. It's almost like a battle, right? With 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 yourself. But yeah. like if you're if you're aware of that and you know that there is some work to be done to make sure that you don't spiral, uh, then I think you're you're kind of set up for success. Um, I'm sure that there's not a seller listening to this who didn't resonate with with everything that you said. And there's this is the reason I got you on, right? Because you are kind of so well versed in all this kind of stuff. And you always, every time I speak to you, we've known each other for a while now, but every time I speak to you, you always say something that I, something else. That I think, oh, that's fantastic. Uh, so thank you, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to to go through that. Now you'll you'll know that this is a new podcast, and I'm. I'm, I'm trying something uh, a bit different, which is getting all of my guests to bring with them a pump-up song. Have you got a song in mind that we can end uh, today's recording with? Um, this song of mine, have it, I was listening to it in the gym this morning as well, is Radioactive by Imagine Dragons featuring Kendrick Lamar. Thank you, thank you. So kind, so kind. Thank you, appreciate it, appreciate it. This is my version of Radioactive by Imagine Dragons. I'm waking up to ash and dust. I wipe my brow and I sweat my rust. I'm breathing in the chemicals. Whoa, I'm waking up. I feel it in my bones. Enough to make my systems blow. I was just uh, just getting into that. To hear this track sang in full as it was meant to be sung by the original artist, you can check it out now on the No Nonsense Sales Playlist, which is now on Spotify. And don't forget to subscribe to the No Nonsense Sales Podcast on your favourite podcast player or by visiting salesloft.com slash podcast.